everybody, and welcome to the H-Word Podcast. Welcome to the H-Word Podcast, everybody. Hi, my name is Dan. I'm Becky, and this is a podcast about hope. Question mark? And whether it's useful. Question mark? I guess. Question mark? <laughs> Dan. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm okay. It's rainy. It's rainy weather update. That's our first segment. First segment, weather update. Second segment, um, let's check in with the time. The time yeah. is now. The time is now, but... 4.14 p.m. <laughs> oh. Yeah, okay. Um, I also was going to check in with the fact that, like... So, by the time this comes out, we'll be on the Monday of the May 2-4 weekend. Yeah. Which... Say it in beer style. ...is happening a week before... The weekend with May 24th in it, and I hate that. Yeah. Someone said, have a good long weekend to me, and I was like, it's a long weekend? And they sort of laughed like, oh, you artists, or you like, uh, you COVID types, you don't know the the time is passing. And I was like, wait, there's a natural May 2-4, like May 24th. Why is this happening, Dan? Do you know? Because I don't. I I do. I think it's because it's the Monday. It has to fall on the Monday for it to be the... When, you know, so we're at the, we're at the maximum end of the spectrum. This is, it's called, okay, Americans, I guess, I don't know what it in America, like military day or something. Yeah, they're all military day. (laughs) Mattress day, veterans day, whatever it is that you're celebrating. gun day, yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry, I shouldn't. I think it's gun night. It's National Patriots Day in Quebec. It's in, uh, okay. this, this is what Google Calendar tells me. It uh, doesn't seem to say anything American, so I don't know. It's got to be something. Anyway, but it's May 2-4 weekend, celebrates Queen Victoria. Mmm. Everyone's favorite queen. <laughs> yeah, she she was a mean queen with a golden yeah. spleen. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's right. Um, Extracted and preserved. Where is it? What reliquary, Dan? Uh, the, the queen with the golden spleen? Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's in reliquary number two. Oh, uh, the Rideau Canal. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Um, anyway, that's enough Canadian content, but it's, it's called May 2-4 weekend because I guess you're supposed to drink 24 beers and it's not happening over the weekend that it contains the 24th of May and I strongly dislike that. Yeah, it's not cool. No, we're already having enough trouble with time. Don't, don't do this. Yeah. Okay, so now um, my the third segment. Yes, thank you. Uh, is it's called Dan's callouts. <gasps> okay. Oh my gosh, I'm and so excited. Are you? Because this week I'm calling out Becky Johnson. I thought it might be me. What did I do? <laughs> <laughs> um, so last episode, I just want I just wanted to be noted that last episode was the interview with Jordan Foisy. Yep. In which you revealed that you really would rather Jordan Foisy be the co-host of this podcast. Oh right. And I have taken great personal umbrage with that. Wow. What's umbrage? Shadows? (laughs) Yes, my personal shadow has overtaken me. Um. Uh, No, I think it's... uh, uh, So this is is Dan's callouts. Okay. And I've decided on what what, uh, I personally need to make me feel better. Okay. An episode where it's just us. Oh, what do you think? Just you and Jordan? <laughs> I mean, sure. I think you guys have a great chat. I felt way stupider than you talking to him. I think it'd be what? a great idea. No, I thought it was great. Um, just you and um, me? Yeah, just you and me. I think that would be nice, actually. Um, yeah. And I hope you don't genuinely feel that. I mean, it's a complicated no, I don't. S- story. Well, see, the it's thing a, is... It doesn't seem that complicated. I got it. I don't think Jordan listens to this, so I can say that... That, oh my god. That article had so much to do with me wanting to do this, but I really wanted to work with you. But I felt guilty. I was not looking for that. I'm not fishing for that. That's the truth, Ruth. Um, I love an episode with just us. Oh, I'll prepare some weird stuff. Yeah, I'll prepare some weird stuff. Some fun things for us to do. Um, I have... Okay, so I have some... Uh, I guess segment number four... Yep. Is... Um, Good news from my house. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, actually, I get into this in the interview a bit, but I've had a huge cleaning week. And basically, I, I've i dealt with a problem, like a 
a problem room that I've had I've had a problem with for 13 years, which is the whole time I've lived in this apartment. You've had a problem with one room in your apartment. How big is your apartment? Three bedrooms with an eat-in kitchen and a balcony. So, uh, so you've had a problem with a large percentage, is it fair to say, of your apartment for 12 years? My office. And wow. I've been cleaning it. It's it's like a huge thing. It was a very emotional thing in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. Um, so that happened this week. And it's like, I tore is kind of like cautiously optimistic that I'm going to be able to accomplish this thing. Oh, it's still not accomplished. Well, it's I've done a huge amount, but it's like, you know, there's a, there's a ton to do. Um, and I have to, there's still a lot in the living room. Like, you have to kind of go through everything by category. And then there's like a first purge. It's, it's going to be a long process. But like, I've, I can see and I've cleaned the floor of my office for the first time, like thoroughly throughout all at once in 13 years. Wow. I didn't That's find great. any bugs. Okay. Not bad. And... Today. A bug score of zero. I know, so far. And today, I um, got to eat something deep fried. What was it? It was um, a deep fried shrimp funnel cake. dumpling. <laughs> it was a funnel cake. I, I went to the X. I went, <laughs> I went to the Canadian National Exhibition. Now it has been officially closed. But if you show up there, the... Is it so basic of me that I'm going to miss the X this year? That you're going to miss going? Yeah. So anyone who's not from Canada, that's like the state fair. Um, uh, I don't know what basic is. We've established that, remember? Do you, so you go every year? Yes, I love it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wish we could go together. Oh, my God. I've been like twice and I really liked it. Tell me about this dumpling. Well, the grocery One store. One dumpling? I had two, and Itar had two. Um, The grocery store that I shop at and I did my shopping today has a dim sum counter. Okay, okay. So a bit of a geographic clue. Spot Becky's route if you know what what grocery store would offer a deep fried dumpling. It's Nations. They're great. (laughs) Okay. I highly recommend it because also um, they they say they require that you have a mask. They don't enforce it, but still 99% of the people I saw were wearing masks and it ruled. Wow. So then it must have been like one person wearing half a mask. Um, I might have seen 200 people. It's a very big store. And oh, I okay. saw a couple who were maskless and really into mm. it. <laughs> no one else. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting because I'm like, if you're, if you're, I get the feeling of like when I first started wearing a mask and no one else was, I was like, I feel like a nerd. I feel like I'm crazy and overreacting. But I'm like, you're walking around, everyone else has masks and you guys are like, nah. And they're selling them at the door for like a dollar. And you're mm-hmm. like, uh-uh, I don't want to. I don't have yeah. to. Yeah, this uh, this new life has brought out my um, uh, the equivalent of road rage, but while walking, mm-hmm. um, it's brought it out pretty like uh, pretty uh, into strong relief. I will say there was a it happened today, <laughs> like passive aggressive. Like I'm so passive aggressive, <laughs> I hate it. Uh, there was a guy, very tall man in the grocery store, and he was he was very frustrated to be stuck behind this slow older woman and so he tried to pull the pass you know that where he pulls out into the lane where i'm now walking to try and get past her so i have to like stop my thing because he has now his you know the speed and momentum with which he has merged into this lane (laughs) i now cannot keep going at my momentum so i have to stop and let him pass and i can tell that he is fuming at me like hey you're not you're going like you're shouldn't, you shouldn't be going this way anyway in the grocery store. Were you right? going the wrong way? Well, there's no arrows in this area. It's the produce area. Okay. So okay. All bets are off. I know where you were. I think I know where you were too. Yeah. <laughs> Geographic clues. So yeah. um, so I'm like doing some more shopping and, and whatever. Uh, this, this guy's out of my mind. But then he comes back and he's ping ponging all, all around. And uh, so I'm like, okay, so he is coming at me <laughs> and I can't walk again. And so then I make a big show of stopping. And as he walks by, I give him a big salute. <gasps> Whoa. <laughs> I yeah. I thought you were gearing up for like a bit of a eye roll and like a through your mask, but 
No, I gave us I, I gave a salute like Captain, please take the space. Dan, I don't oh. think that's passive aggressive. I think it's something <laughs> more. <laughs> Getting out of the passive phase, am I? Yeah, yeah. Saluting people is like a statement. Passive aggressive is like, well, you know what passive aggressive is? It's like, oh no, you, you go. Yes, but that's really what it was. Was oh but, please, you, by all means, you, the space is yours. I'll I'll go. Uh, you know, like uh, I'll follow your lead, sir. <laughs> the salute <laughs> takes you out of passive. It's a performance. <laughs> it's like the HMS Pinafore is happening in front of this guy. <laughs> well, Dan, I salute he you. He didn't like um, it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> that interestingly leads into my hopeful for the week. Please. Um, I'm glad I have one because it's been a bleak week. Bleak week. It's been real tough. Um, it's the it's road closures. Go on. Thank you. So there's been some like um op- opening rumblings in uh, more than rumblings around these parts. Um, and this is actually something that you and I joked slash talked about earlier on. Was just like when we're talking about joggers. Was like we need more space. Give them the lakeshore. Um, they're being given the lakeshore. Wait, who's being given the lakeshore? Cyclists, pedestrians, and joggers. The lakeshore street? The entire street? Um, not the entire thing, but the lakeshore from Windermere to Stadium. So, like, I took a picture and was like, look, it's empty. Give this to joggers. And, like, the eastbound lanes of that are being closed to, to car traffic so that bikes and pedestrians can take it over. Very interesting. That's happening on the fraudulent May 2-4 weekend. So that's like this weekend. Um, then some other sort of usual suspects places like Kensington Market. And there were some others I hadn't heard of, but presumably, oh, there's like the Esplanade, um, which I think means walk, walk around zone. Um, and there's some places that I guess wherever they're located in the GTA, like it makes sense that this would be a pedestrian thoroughfare. But this is happening. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Um, so, should we talk a bit more about the opening, though? Probably. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, it's not it's not just rumblings. Like, this is happening Tuesday. Um, yeah. And do you know the list? Have you looked at the list of things that are opening? Yeah. And, I mean, we were so fucking smug here that we thought we were doing such a good job. But, um, yeah. Oh, and I listened to a CBC Colin show about, like, it was a... Uh, Ontario Today, and it was it was like, what politician has surprised you recently? And it's like, well, it's only going to be Doug Ford. And it was only people calling in about Doug Ford. And I'm sorry to say, mostly women in sort of my age bracket or a bit older, kind of sounding flirty. Ugh. I know. And being like, I'm a lifelong liberal, but <laughs> he's changed my mind. <laughs> like, it was... It was like moments of it were cute. And then it it's like, and then today our premier has literally done a television show where he baked a pie and is reopening. The ones that stood out to me were golf courses and marinas. Right? Yes. And yes. you're not allowed to see your friends yet, but your cook and your maid can come back to your home. Yes. Your, your, your wait staff can come back. Do they just stay there permanently? I gotta uh, rewatch Gosford Park and see how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah, what else? is there anything else on the list? I mean, garden well, centers make sense. Well, because they they uh, there was something about physical activities that are solo, right? Yeah. Tennis is allowed. Squash is not because squash used to play on the same side of the court. Is squash indoors? And squash is indoors. Indoors is much worse than outdoors, and that's like for real stuff. Okay. So, presumably, if there were an outdoor gym, it would be open? I mean, I, I don't know, but I guess so. If because you- that, that was a notable absence for me on the list was, was like, they were talking about these things that you do solo. Uh, so, I guess it's, I, I suppose it's only outdoor tennis courts, but they were talking about table tennis. It's like, there are some outdoor table tennis tables, absolutely, but I mean, the majority are indoors. Also, it's like the middle of May. Go play in a thunder shower. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, but it's like, but like working out is like, you know, that's a, that's a thing that you can do solo and distanced. Do uh, we, so. do we have a, a, like, like an equivalent to something like Venice Beach here? Um, I guess it's where I live. 
people don't behave yeah, that there, way. There, there are, I mean, there are there are very uh, intermittent um, exercise equipment constructed in various uh, pathways and walks and stuff, but uh, there's no like centralized version of it. I don't think. I think outdoors is key in these openings. Although the thing is, if you open like golf clubs and marinas, then all the staff have to go and work there. Yeah, um, I, I, I did hear something about how the clubhouses are closed. Okay. I also heard that the rules of golf, now you don't have to get the ball in the cup. There's some other way if you do it, and they don't want people, they are discouraging patrons from touching the flags. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's some way uh, that, like, it doesn't go in the cup because they didn't want people shoving their stinky old hands in there or something. Oh, my God. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, okay. Well, the the actually, I do think of another further modification of golf, which is you don't have to play on a course and you don't have to leave your house. But you can, you're can. playing golf. Oh, uh, Wii. <laughs> you're on a Wii. Or you got one no, of those no, little, no. like, executive... No, there's, there's, no, there's no grass involved. There's no club involved. Um, but it's like, if you walk from your bed to the kitchen, that's a round of golf. That's... It's a, it's a modification of the rules that I made. Right. Um, yeah. You know, do you know what golf stands for? I don't know if this is true, but do, <laughs> do you know what it stands for? Gentlemen only, ladies forbidden. Really? I don't know. I've heard that. Okay. So fuck it. Fuck Yeah, that. so fuck, fuck it. I heard that. Fuck it. I heard it and fuck you. I mean, do you, do you need to play golf? <laughs> you don't need to play. I think we should, I mean, this, I think we should close all golf courses, honestly. Forever. Especially golf courses in urban centers. Is this real? What should we do with it? Oh, they're also closing down tent cities. Sorry, that was another dark part of the news. They're closing down tent cities. There's, Wait, in, not not in Canada. I mean, like in the city of Toronto, like the people who are living in tents are being like told to get out of here with no place to go. Right, but that would have been going on for weeks, right? There was just a big sweep starting like today, probably for the oh, long really? weekend. Yeah, there's been one that's set up across from my health clinic and they want them out and stuff. Oh, wow. I think. Oh, I didn't know that. Bleak week. Yeah. Open up the golf courses. Open up the golf courses. Well, open up the hotels. Like open yeah, up every yeah. every hotel. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's so many, so many empty rooms right now. Yeah. Um. Well... How do you how do you feel about these um openings? Are you going to take advantage? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> and is... still no ma- no mask policy. Yeah. No, this is where this is where we start to hit and it's a refrain we've we've covered on this show amply, but it's this this feeling coming up in large waves of like am I Am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? Am I living life correctly? <laughs> Am I living life with too much fear? <laughs> Am I living life with not enough? Uh, or uh, well, I couldn't possibly be living with not enough. Um, <laughs> but but uh, like I just it's it's really bringing to light that I, I uh, that I don't I'm not sure how to be in this time. The messages are mixed. That's segment number five. The messages are mixed, Dan. They are. They absolutely are. I mean, the premier's like, I have my daughters over. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. Really? He said that? Oh, yeah. He had his two of his daughters over for Mother's Day and just sort of let it slip. Wait. He let it slip. He wasn't saying it as as a talking point. Well, he was saying, like, I know it's hard. I mean, I just had my daughters over for Mother's Day. And everyone was like, wait, what? We're not supposed to do that. That was oh, it. Oh, God. Sorry, I Dan. I hate that so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dan, it sucks. It sucks. It's bad. It's bad. Oh, he also went to the cottage God. after telling everyone not to go to the cottage. Oh. And these ladies are still creaming their sweatpants over him. <laughs> yeah, no, he he sucks so much. Well, he's just, I, like so many of the people of his ilk, he's just so dumb. And I I I I honestly do congratulate him for all the things that he did right. And I was just like, I know something's up and something's wrong, uh, but we can't. His approval rating is through the roof. And honestly, he earned it. And then he just went, No, I'm still the same guy. Who the hell do you think I was? 
I just yeah, gotta be me. Watch me bake a tart. This might be. This might be. Um, this might be wrong because I don't actually know what I'm talking about. Okay. But I have a strong feeling that it's very fucking easy to be a leader in a crisis of this sort because it's just like do like it just to me it's just like so much like common sense stuff response that that is like. Everyone loves. And because you're being compared to an absolute sociopathic lunatic, that that your behaviors are just, like, normal, and they're being lauded as, like, perfect. Because it's a, it's a response, and people are so thankful for a response that they're just, like, willing to uh, change their perspective on you entirely. Yeah, well, and they and because they were braced for you to do something completely out of control and moronic. Yes, it's still. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to last, though. I don't think he's going to win over a bunch of vote. I hope God, who knows? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. But he's acting like a doofus now. So yeah, back to whatever. I don't know. <laughs> well, I gotta go. I gotta get my boat in the water. Yeah. And well, it's your daughter's boat, though, right? Uh, yeah, my daughter's boat. Her boyfriend's been working on it, and um, I gotta go and like lube up the water skis. <laughs> yeah, how do you get yeah, a, red- a, bo- a boat? Just runs on water skis, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got a water ski pyramid championship coming up um, this weekend. It's two four. We're rushing for it now. We yeah. thought it was next weekend, so we got to get our pyramid in check and. Oh, really? Oh, so you're, the whole pyramid competition is pissed that it's not a natural main 2-4. No, it's just we're rushed. I mean, we just we just kind of spaced it. And, like, you know, Martha's got the sniffles, so we want to get our rehearsal done quick. Yeah, 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 the sniffles. Yeah, keep an eye on that. Meh. Once you're in the water, it kind of clears you out. Anyway, um, I got a really great interview. Cool. It's probably going to be a change of gears here. Um, my buddy Suki and Lee. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was um, a really lovely chat. She's, well, I don't want to tell you too much. She's doing a lot of creative projects during this, and it was a really interesting perspective on that, among other things. Excellent. Can't wait. Um, And I'll figure out when we're going to do just us. Solo. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Dan. All right. (laughs) Bye. Bye. everybody. Uh, it's Becky. I'm back. I'm really excited to have a special guest today, um, someone that I've gotten to know recently and who I like a lot. It's Sukian Lee. Hello, Sukian. Becky. Hi. So nice to, s- to talk with you. So nice to see your voice. <laughs> I see your voice. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing well. It's, it's, uh, I'm in my kitchen looking out into the backyard. It's an overcast day. I've had my um, time schedule turned upside down. I'm a real night owl these days. And yep. so I think I woke up, I, I went to bed this morning at about 6 a.m. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and then I, <laughs> I woke up at about 1 p.m. That sounds good. I feel like a lot of people are reverting to some sort of nocturnal or... Or you know that thing they say about people who go spelunking, that they kind of stretch out into a 32-hour day or something? (laughs) So people are stretching time. Yeah. Well, time has really changed, hey? I mean, it has for me. Well, time is a total construct. So, you know, I like, what do you, what day is today? Is today is, I don't even know what day it is. It's, um, It's, and after a while, I I start not really caring. I, I get a sense of like, I can see down the street, uh, there's some stores and I know on likely on, it's a weekend cause there's a lineup for people outside the stores, but you know, I just hazard to guess. Yeah. So you haven't been paying attention at all to what day it is? Not really. I, there's, I mean, I knew that we were going to talk, so I had to like set my, set my alarm and be cognizant of that. But I do feel that I'm slowly letting that priority go. How does that feel? It's interesting. I mean, I, um, yeah, I, I, it's not like I'm really that, I guess it's, you know, in this strange upturned isolation, 
um, it's not a priority. So, it, you know, those things fall to the wayside. So I, you know, in retrospect, when I think about it, I'm, I go, whoa, that's weird. I don't, don't even know what day it is. But it's not certainly not the first time. Even when I wasn't in lockdown, sometimes I would lose track of the yeah. days as well. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, I have an update to tell you about me. Oh, yeah. What's going on? Uh, so you and I met sort of in passing here and there, and then we kind of really connected when I went on your podcast. Yes, you did on Sleepover, on, on our sleep- live show. On the live show for the Sleepover podcast. Um, and I am recording now from my totally clean office. This is amazing because for the listeners, what yeah. happened was Sleepover introduced us to various people with Becky, um, everybody had a challenge that were, they were facing, a difficulty in their life that they needed help with. And in your case, you had this great workspace yeah. that for years you had just, you know, kind of ended up ignoring and just pushing all of your belongings into. It was just stacked full of stuff. Yeah. And you really wanted to have it as a functioning space, but you were confronted by the fact that it was full of stuff that you couldn't let go. For some psychological reason, you're really hanging on to this stuff and it was bothering yeah, you. Yeah, so or that I couldn't even help. look at it. Was yes, the, yeah. it, it was very, very difficult for you and and you 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 needed help in in terms of how to how to how to let go of some of the stuff the towers of stuff so you're actually inside that room yeah and it's and all s- cleaned out what happened uh i don't know i mean did it gradually did we was it gradual cuz you had stuff it was understandable why you hung on to the stuff cuz like you had very close people in your life pass away. And some of those were remnants of belongings of that you yeah. had shared together, as well as just things, uh, unusual things like um, obsolete telephone bills and things yeah. like that, 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 that you were like, why the fuck do I have this crap? But you know, when we left you, even though you had insight as to what you needed to do, I think you were like, maybe going to um, offer some things to various people, um, go through stuff, see what you really needed, see what you didn't. So, I mean, but when I left you with that, that challenge, you still hadn't made, um, entire forward movement to clean it. Did it, did it, was it gradual or did you do it in one go or what happened? Or did you just realize one day, like you're sitting here talking to me, you know, a year later or whatever, two years later, and suddenly it's clean. Uh, no, I just, it's like, it's so stupid in, or it feels stupid to me, but like, what day is it? Today's Thursday. I think I just on Monday started working on it and only took a couple days after 13 years of kind of not dealing with it. Where did the stuff go? Um, there just wasn't that much stuff. <laughs> it was, was just that? a mess. So it was just a mess and disorganized. And like you said, obsolete phone bills. I wasn't really attached to them. I didn't feel like I needed to hold on to them. I just I just um, was so disorganized in my thinking. I still am. I still feel that. Like, I don't know what to do with things. And the worst feeling is, like, not knowing what to do next and wanting to kind of shut down. But I think just sitting here with all this stuff for two months, I was like, and not being able to leave, might have done it. Anyway. So you just simply, like, you didn't necessarily get rid of stuff, but you just tidied it up. Oh, no, I got rid of stuff. There was stuff I didn't care about. Like, I mean, where did did you put it? In the garbage. Oh my god! It was garbage, and that was huge. I know, but it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't like the block wasn't so okay. Also, also, listeners, my mother. I grew up in a very uh, extreme hoarded environment, yeah. so like that was a big thing. Was like, am I a hoarder? But I wasn't attached to these things. I just didn't know what to do with them. And I there was and like Sukian said, there was like family stuff in there that I didn't want to deal with, and it was still quite difficult to go through things. And there were moments where I was upset. Um, but I just, it, what's weird is I felt like I just had the time to do it and I had the time to be upset. Oh my God. That anyway, is amazing, Becky. I didn't really want to call you just to talk about me. I want to also. I think that's, I think that's really incredible. So there's some, that's a pretty significant thing to mm-hmm. understand in the lockdown. Well, it that means it wasn't, it wasn't um, necessarily some sort of like really painful, you know, a thing that you had to go through. It was just like actually just time and space. Yeah. And like, I, I've had like two months where I haven't really had to worry about my income. Yeah. And um, everyone should have that. 
Oh my God. So time, space, relaxation, a feeling of um, kind of calm. And then also you're spending a lot of time in your house. So probably you're like, fuck, I need this area. Yeah. I can't get away from it. And, and I haven't gotten rid of everything yet. I still have to, like I, that was another thing that all the times I, all the moments I wanted to stop were like, just when I didn't know what to do next, because I, I kind of didn't grow up with any skills on how to organize. Um, so I've realized like I had to sort of do the Mary Kondo, like separate things into categories. Paper was really easy to get rid of because there's stuff, you know, is garbage. Other stuff is going to take longer. I'm going to have to go back for second rounds, but it's an absolutely workable space and it will be quite empty when I'm done. Holy sheesh, you've got like a podcast paradise in there. Well, yeah. Although I will say when all the shit it's was in studio. here, when all the shit was in here, it was way better for sound because it didn't echo. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. You got rid of everything that there's a lot of good stuff in there. No, there's, there's like fabric that's organized. It just didn't take up that much space. Wow. Because it was amazing. so disorganized and messy. And there's also still stuff like in the living room, there's like six bankers boxes that I have to go through. But I've, it's only been four days. I really love, I love that, that you did that. And it, it didn't have to be like, you know, torturous. It was, it sounds calm and, and kind of pleasant, a pleasant transition. I feel really, really great. But I didn't have to go to auditions. I didn't have to do anything else. I could just completely focus on this. And there's a lot more to do anyway. So we're really feeling how the kind of rat race and the anxiety induced in just trying to live, a lot of that load is off in uh, in quarantine, in lockdown. I mean, that's my best guess. Despite, despite how troubling it is that there's like rogue viruses killing hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah, I just can't do anything about that. Yeah. And I, I do want to do things about that, but I... I don't think I can. I got to stay home. Well, yeah. Anyway, there's the update for your podcast. Very nice. What if um? So, what have so you that, been that's up two to? two years later? Epilogue. <laughs> yeah. There's a, a, the international worldwide pandemic, <laughs> and Becky learns to deal. <laughs> Somehow she can accomplish something <laughs> relatively simple. I love that. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm well. I um, have been through a crazy and intense last two years yeah. um i um you know moved away from the cbc the job that i had for over a decade um suddenly being a freelancer um having to figure out how to create my own systems of employment and stuff like that and then also losing uh, my best friend and um my uh a collaborative and creative partner and ex-boyfriend Adam um he passed away as you know and Becky you were such yeah. a great support for me during that time that um when this coronavirus hit when covid hit it it it, it almost felt like the last 2 years of um upheaval and and in tumultuous times in my life really prepared me this seemed like a cakewalk in comparison, I mean, granted, I have a great deal of privilege. I do have a home and I'm able to cover the bills and, and eat food and take care of myself. Um, you know, I, I feel that um, all the other stuff kind of psychologically prepared me for for some of the, um, you know, upheaval that is currently happening. And like yourself, I think um, just turning inside and I don't know. It's pretty, I, I'm lucky to live in a space that I really have um, created a kind of calm and grounded space inside my home. And it's um, a, a great source of, um, of uh, good feelings for me. And most of all, I think what really helps me get through is um, creative expression. Yeah. And so I've been, um, Locked inside my house, um, making a movie <laughs> uh, about just about all kinds of stuff. Uh, so I have, you know, um, I've got like um, consumer cameras and my cell phone and just like recording apparatus and just making this very bizarre and surreal, surreal um, narrative that's unfolding. And I have a quarantine companion that is isolating with me. His name is Dylan. And the two of us are acting in it, making the music, editing, um, orchestrating everything. So, uh, so every day is sort of like, 
we have a wall and we have to figure out what, you know, where, where the movie is going next. So that really helps to articulate a day for sure. Uh, you know, like earlier I was talking about that quagmire of losing sense of time and time really isn't that important, but what has helped me articulate a kind of forward motion and also focus and, um, putting passion and, um, you know, mental and physical, uh, energy into something is, is certainly this movie. So you're making the movie in chronological order, such as it is, even though time doesn't mean anything. You're making it like in the order that it's going to be presented? Yes. Uh, yes, that's what we're doing. We're shooting everything in sequence. Do you ever just, um, do you take days off and just, are you ever slothful? Sometimes I am. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, I, I think generally I am slothful. Somehow I feel like creativity and making stuff has just saved me so many times. It's just such a pleasure to yeah. do. Uh, and then I feel also extremely lazy. Like I, I think I was just lying on my bed for a, a long time. Just, you know, a little, just before we got on the phone, there's a lot of lolling about well, on, on the bed and, and, um, you know, I, I've been watching a lot of movies. I've been eating a lot of potato chips Oh, yeah, we talked once you were eating potato chips, and it was like after our grocery day, and I got really jealous. <laughs> well, I'm just like, oh, my God, m most of my grocery bills are potato chips. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, I, I admittedly have a kind of like obsessive drive in creative pursuits. Um, Dylan passed me the other day, and I, he noticed that I had been sitting editing the movie for five hours, but my posture was terrible. Right. And my chair was like two feet away from my desk. He was like, how are you even holding your body for so long? That's something that happens. I don't know. There, there might be a compulsion to create and also the problem solving, puzzle piecing, putting together that is required for making art. I do get completely lost in. I've and I've been hearing a lot of sort of thinking about like whether or not we should be just resting or reflecting or working right now. And I find yeah. it kind of strange, like to me anyway, this sort of notion of it's a pandemic, it's not a time to be productive, but it's always been a sort of horrible tragedy on earth, right? Uh yes, there's always been know. horrible tragedies on earth. Um and like you said, I think earlier there's nothing that we can really do about it other than to, um, you know, be mindful of where our space is um, when we go out and then also to take care of ourselves. It's hard to do. This is, I know isolation is really difficult for many people and many people are in, in hostile situations. I happen to be yeah. in a very peaceful and calm environment, which I am so happy and grateful for. But there are some people that, you know, you know, uh, are, are in hostile environments where they can't be themselves. Uh, and and they have to hide hide aspects of themselves or people who are, you know, in in potentially dangerous situations yeah. with whoever they're locked down with. So, it's, I mean, it's really it's so difficult. But I think the best we can do is try to figure out how best to take care of ourselves. Yeah, I, I've, I've had situation. a few situations like that pop up in my life during this time, as far as people I know. And. I guess the thing that I learned, because I kind of always want to be active and working, what I learned was if I'm resting, then I'm ready to go and someone calls me and needs me. Yes. And I was like, okay, that's an important key to this. Maybe. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think it's like, um, I think through the act of art making, it is um, a dialogue that I have with myself. So the idea of reflecting and thinking, processing things. Yeah. I think just in my, my being, um, I spend a lot of time just thinking and reflecting, meditating. And, you know, I've spent the last two years through the difficult period, just a lot of days with just looking out the window or just feeling or lying on the ground or thinking there's just been a, a, um, amazing amounts of times for sort of spiritual and existential consideration and making space or just relaxing. Um, I've had to do that or else I would have uh, been very unwell Yeah, and maybe even died myself. Yeah. So I had to learn how to do that. And so in this sort of 
like I said, it kind of prepared me for this. And so when I'm sequestered at home now, I, I feel like I'm working through some stuff through the art reflecting through, I mean, the whole, the whole movie is, is about the lockdown. Okay. Um, and it really is a kind of adaptation of what is happening in life itself. Uh, and then it takes surreal flights into fancy and has this whole other narrative, um, escape and uh, a big part of it is an escape into the imagination. Huh? Yeah. Uh, so in creating worlds within worlds in isolation, cause it's really infinite. It really is expansive. I'd never feel bored. Um, and I, um, never feel tired of these in- environments because I think I do escape into the world of my imagination quite a bit. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't tended to feel bored either. I felt a lot of other things. Um, where do you think this relationship with your imagination and you comes from? I think it's just born into you. Like so much of what I feel when I'm making stuff as an adult is what I felt as a child playing pretend. Yeah. So, you know, we'd get together, a group of friends, my sister, and, you know, I had this one, I have this one friend, Julie, that I've known since I was zero. And we had like these ongoing sagas where we'd meet in my rec room every day after school and then have this total alternative world where we were 17 year olds living <laughs> in the city, sharing an apartment. And it was like very real to us. It was like um, this almost like a quantum reality of, you know, this other thing, or just even, um, you know, oftentimes we'd play house with the, with a group of people and I would be the dog <laughs> and I would feel really like a dog. And, you know, I had, um, I grew up with a huge rainforest in the back of my house in Lynn Valley in North Vancouver. Right. And I just spent a lot of time escaping to those woods and finding really magical things, um, finding amulets, you know, like weird rings and, you know, coming across animals and stuff and just really having a very rich imagination. There was a lot of time spent, you know, with my, uh, I had this like Barbie camper and like so many imaginary things happening between my dolls and like making Ken run around the camper with his um, underwear on his head. <laughs> so, you know, this is like those, 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 I was French, me and Julie had this thing where we were French showgirls. We didn't actually speak French. So we'd, we came up with our own language and I'd climb to the top of uh, the slide and sing my guts out and then slide down and I'd say, take it away, Julie. And she would be at the top of the slide singing her guts out in another language until literally the neighbors would complain that there were two <laughs> screaming children singing in a, foreign language in the backyard. So it's the same thing. It feels the same and it has the same pleasure for me. Um, except now, you know, then I have to, you know, learn technology and learn to edit and stuff like that. But again, that's uh, a part of my brain that is more adult. That is the problem solving part. Right. You know, when you're a kid, you're just like, okay, I'm a dog and I'm eating this delicious dog food. <laughs> you're not really thinking of like, how do I edit this dog food scene? You right. Know? So the adult is sort of facilitating the child to to have its fantasy world play out better. Yes. Yes. Like and the, then also the adult is preparing it to share with others. As a child, you're just present in that moment with your your friends and you are in and immersed in that world. The adult in me is immersed in that world, but also articulating it so as to be able to share it with others later. So the last movie that you made, um, Octavio is Dead, I saw, and I think when we were getting to know each other was when you were still shooting it, a very different process than the movie that you're making now. Yes. I mean, this is, we're talking about, we're, li- we're living in the arts and culture sector, and this sector is completely turned upside down because yeah. so much of it is required. Like, I'm a musician too, and what we do is we make music and crowds of people come, you know, or, you know... I also make movies. So like when you're doing making a traditional movie, you have actors doing very intimate and close things together. You have a crew, a substantially large crew groups of people working in close quarters. You know, I don't know when that's going to happen again or how we can do that safely with COVID. Um, so um, I've made all of my feature movies in that in that sort of more traditional model of, um, you know, union, union protocol, groups of people honey wagons full of food and, you know, a uh, craft service table, you know, it's a big operation. It's like building a pyramid. Whereas this is just like two people who are the actors who are also shooting themselves, who are also making the music and recording. We're doing all, all the stuff. So it's like super DIY. It's like, um, 
Yeah. Incredibly DIY. And I'm lucky that I, that's um, how I grew up in Vancouver was, yeah. a, you know, just kind of like nine, the 90s era of zines and DIY activity and doing it yourself. So this really harkens back to that, but it's even, even it's taken on a, it's a different thing. Cause even that is kind of like social based. Like you could go outside and go to, you know, bring your zines to the record store or whatever, or sell it on the street or whatever. Um, but I feel like, I feel like zines, zines are a really good, that's exactly what I've been thinking about so much during this time. Cause we were both kind of from that same milieu of Vancouver in the nineties. And yes, but zines, you can go to a fair and you can sell them. But I also remember zine fairs being a lot of really shy people being like, I wrote that. Do you want to buy it? And a lot of it was zine distros. And it really felt like to me, like teenage girls, bedroom to bedroom, sending each yeah. other letters. And so there's like, I mean, bedroom to bedroom is sort of what this project of yours sounds like too. Well, yeah. And then we throw in technology because back in the 90s, we didn't have technology. Yeah. So our distributor distribution um, system is different. Technology always impacts things. So we can do things very personally and intimate. It's not going to be like this movie is not slick. Yeah. It has no stars. <laughs> There's well, two people you're playing the a lot of different <laughs> different um, characters and things. And I'm, you know, we're, we're having to to come up with very, very innovative ways of um, uh, creating very fanciful otherworldly environments um, without going outside. You know, I just shot an entire beach scene without going outside. Oh my gosh, I'm so, so excited to so see this having, thing. Having to figure out how to do that is pretty exciting. But then, you know, um, so it's not slick, but it's also not, it's not um, tattered and torn. It's like, um, you know, I have two Canon DSLR cameras. They're consumer models. It's nothing fancy, but they have a good picture. Right. And there's some some cell phone stuff that I really love too. But it's not like it's not a cell phone movie. It's not um, degraded in such a you know it, it distorted to such a degree. It still feels like um, pleasurable to the eyes um, to look at. But it's certainly not slick um, in terms of you know there's I've got a couple pixels in my frame that have fallen out. So that, that there's there's a couple things like that. Um, but it is sort of downsized to uh, quite a great degree and, and, um, having to come up with innovative things. And then the distribution system, again, um, I think, I think what we're going to try to do is just finish it to our liking and hopefully that will coincide with how, where the world is going as well. And then, um, and then upload it, likely upload it. Like just for, give it away for free or try to find someone to distribute it and give you money. Well, yeah, that would be really nice if I could find somebody to distribute and give money yeah. or uh, post it on iTunes. You know, there's many different right. ways. I'm, You know, I, I have this album that Adam um, and I were working on, and it's so great. It's one of, I think it's the best album we ever came came out with. Mm. And I'm just working to finish that and, and um, release that. So I'm just kind of figuring out a... Um, there were there's there was an, a label who was interested in putting it out, but then COVID hit, so I'm not really sure where they are at right now in yeah. terms of how they're scrambling to restructure, realign. Mm -hmm. The last time I spoke with them, they were having to move out of their offices, so I don't know what they're going to do to move forward. But at the same time, I was speaking with my friend Jeremy Dutcher, and um, you know he's very successful musician, and he doesn't have a label, so just even like having to. Re refigure out what what the models are you know yeah. they're extremely disrupted yeah yeah for sure i mean he was just like gone are the days that you need like almost like he likes to do everything himself and and also he has a big team and he's his own sort of label right and where where i, I was worried about you when this not worried concerned i guess um about yeah just the lockdown separating people because I know that you went through a really, really terrible thing and it hasn't even been a year yet. Yeah. Where's all that sitting now? Well, I mean, it's been a very difficult two years. Yeah. Um, Adam and I uh, broke up after being together for over 10 years and then Adam passing away a year later, a very challenging, challenging couple of years. And I've really had to contend with a lot of, um, heartbreak and um, difficulty and, and pain and letting go. I still feel stings like it's still, I still miss him enormously. Yeah. Um, he is such a huge part of my life and then I can't help but 
also feel him inside of me. It's just a strange thing. It's like when you love somebody as deeply as I love him, it's almost impossible on some level to um, not feel him. I feel him, I feel him, his presence so much. It's a process. It's definitely a process. I mean, I do feel before he passed, I was terrified of dying. Um, I am not afraid of dying anymore when COVID hit and this, you know, um, uh, potentiality of death and sickness and, you know, um, uh, end of life. I, I, if it's, if it occurs to me, I, I don't think I will be as, as screaming, you know, and terrified of this. Wow. I feel, um, able to walk into that space a lot, a lot more. Um, so it's not like I'm, I'm living dangerously. I do still wear double masks when I go out, <laughs> right. you know, it's not like I'm jonesing to die. You know, there were times where I was like, I'm going to die. You know, I, I, there were precarious times where I was like, I'm going to go hang out with him. I'm going to join him. What's yeah. the point of living? But, you know, I, I've passed that point And I think this is a beautiful opportunity of this life, this singular life that we live. And I oftentimes feel that my expansive love for him, I want to love, you know, the world and the universe and people and pour my love into life and live and, and live for him, you know, take the opportunity, not just to eat one strawberry for myself, but to eat a strawberry for both of us. I do feel like I carry him inside of me in a strange, such a strange way. It's, I mean, I've, I'm a spiritual person. I, I don't adhere to any particular religious practice, but I, I do feel a tremendous amount of um, a certainty that life as we know it is not entire the entire picture i do believe that there is a um uh, intelligence or uh, uh, something beyond us that we are a part of um and i feel that um that feeling of uh, it's not like um i i don't feel that he is adam like he doesn't like hey sakina he's I'm, I'm not tying him to his corporeal being as he was but i do feel his essence in me just because i love him right and that doesn't really go away and what a person is, is beyond just their confines. The, after that much interaction, he is with you. Yeah, he's not, we are not, we are much more than our flesh confines. Yeah. I mean, our bodies are tremendously important navigating this particular realm. Um, but our bodies, there's a lot of stuff about our bodies that we can't actually see as well. Oh, yeah. Well, and I mean, even if even if people, you know, listening, if you think about the people in your life who you maybe you haven't talked to in a long time, and how they are still with you, they are, they are, they make yeah. an impression. And it's not like, like, we had we hadn't talked. It's not like you ended. You yeah. know, we we were still we I knew that you were, you're, you're there. Well, and this thing you were saying about, you know, you don't want to go back to the past. And I, I, I think I understand how extreme it is, that this reliving and that you do have to stop it. But it also speaks to your sense of time being a construct. The past is so with us. Yes. And so is yeah. the future. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do think it collapses, you know. I think, you know, I, um, Dylan and I were talking, he's a big um, lover of outer space <sighs> and that the, this notion of... Um, there's just so many billions. Like uh, what they're what um, what people are and scientists are discovering is that it's so it's infinite. Yeah, uh, there are b billions, 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 and billions of galaxies beyond billions and billions of like. There's just it's almost it's um mind boggling. It's it's be, there is so much beyond our comprehension. We're like an in between technology. It's like we're an eight track, you know, stereo deck. Uh, we we don't we don't really even. I was thinking even our comprehension of space and time is very flawed. It has like, to be. Um, yeah, we it can't. has to be. There's something. Uh, it, so in our brains, we're looking at the, the the outer space and we're thinking within a human thing of like, it'll take this many years to get there or like light years or what have you. Like we've already got it within a sort of systemology of science of which we're familiar with. And yet I think there's something else beyond our limited understanding of what those measurements were. I mean, at one point, everybody thought the world was flat. So, yeah. you know, and even scientists thought it was because it looks kind of flat, you know, but then we realized that we're on an earth, but then it still continues this, this limited understanding of what is. And, you know, I, I, I have those, um, you know how, depending on what you look at, 
then Google will send you articles and stuff. For some yeah. reason, I keep getting articles about scientific um, inquiries as to whether or not the universe is conscious. What? A conscious being. And so this is in like scientific American journals. This is not just spiritual psychobabble stuff. This is like actual physicists and scientists um, because they've come up and they're like, we don't know what's going on. And they're kind of shrugging and they're looking at notions of Buddhism and the ideas of, of uh, um, so, some, some spiritual practices. And they're like, hmm, this sounds very similar to some of the scientific um, experiments that we're looking at. So, so the idea that the universe is conscious and that perhaps we are part of its consciousness, that Whoa. when we die, we return to a mother load of human consciousness that is beyond our limited understanding that we are part of a larger um, universal consciousness that has come to life and been animated through material, corporeal flesh and and um, material beings on this earth, through the dinosaur realm, through all the ages, uh, through every, you know, I, what has helped me through much of the last few years is um, I have a lot of plants and I really look upon my plants as like, they're, they're just like me. They're yeah. living creatures. And um, so I wonder if all of, all of, all of growth and all of life is uh, just a, a tiny little fraction of um, this larger load of conscious universal entity. Wow. I want to read these articles. Well, just read one and then Google will keep sending you. <laughs> I, I was just reading about, um, so some grizzly bears have showed up in northern, on northern Vancouver Island, which yeah. is unusual. Um, but it was just about what a, what a grizzly bear does to the ecology of an area from like discarding fish in the woods and feeding the trees to like climbing up to the top of the mountain and aerating the soil by digging for grubs and stuff. Wow. And that's like one grizzly bear. I don't know. I, I've been thinking about this sort of ecological interconnectedness, which, and I kind of hate that it's put in the corner like it's just hippie shit because it's also science. Mm -hmm. It's known. We can interact with each other in better ways. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is right now we're really on a precipice between old guard thinking and new guard thinking. So there is all sorts of interesting and possibly progressive and caring and yes. humanistic movements that we can we can learn from what is happening and move towards these things. But there's also uh, a real sort of adherence to domination, um, you know, um, exploitation, profiteering, uh, grabbing, um, not sharing, not uh, lack of generosity that yeah. has guided our economies. And so, like old. Old guys, you know, who are just like, um, you know, hoarding things to themselves or, um, you know, wanting to kickstart an economic model that used to work, but maybe we have to reevaluate in light of what is going on. I, I feel like there's going to be tremendous amounts of learning through this. And unfortunately, I think there is going to be a lot of learning through failure. Yeah. Um, and then, um, but at the same time, it's kind of exciting because there's all kinds of, you know, all kinds of possible ways in which we can move forward with um, with care for one another. I, I just don't know. Like, it seems like there's this war on information now. Yes. You know, like everybody's trying to find a vaccine or trying to find a solution and, and the countries are inclined to um, keep it a secret. And so countries are trying to like, you know, I read... FBI report that countries are trying to crack through systems to try to steal people's information. Well, maybe we didn't have to, maybe if we just shared what we are learning, we wouldn't have to be afraid of like having stuff stolen. Well, I also, this, this point that failure is so important in learning, we all know that. And why aren't we just remembering that every single day? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because there are interests and, and I think because, there is a global, global economies and systems are, you know, they're entrenched in very intense and complicated ways of which we know not. Um, and there's a, you know, people have always wanted to um, hang on to what they know. And so, you know, it makes sense that some people are like, really put everything, all their stocks in literally all their stocks into the former economy. Right. And, you know, people want to make money and so forth. But I think it's this, this, this virus it's kind of like really smacking us all up to like try to reevaluate. It's what hard we're do. to look in, in the eyes and still stick with how things were. Do you do you think that there's? Do you feel a big spiritual change happening because of what we're going through right now? 
Um, personally, uh, um, it's an extension of what I have been exploring for the past couple of years through the the um, challenging and painful painful passage. So it's yeah. an extension. It continue just on a personal level. It's a it's a continuation of that. Um, I do sense that um, just like you're saying, people having the space to reset. Um, there are many people who are. Um, this is a welcome change, you know, um, to not be a slave to their job, um, um, to actually have time to breathe. There, there are some people that are, you know, rediscovering that, yeah. that space. Who are people who've never been given a second to breathe in their lives, it feels yeah, like. Yeah, I, I mean, my friends who are minimum wage slaves are very happy right now. Some of them are very like, oh my God, it's so nice not to... Uh, these are people who poor work, like have to work in hard labor jobs. We're just like, whew. But then again, like I'm I, I, trying to think of the people in those positions who have families to feed where it's very precarious, where they need, you know, they yeah. need to work, you know. So it's, I can imagine it's just, I, I, I don't know anyone that, that this virus is not kind of pushing in, in, in ways mm. and then also opening up in ways. So there's like all sorts of like incredible things. And then there's some people who are like really antsy to get out or feel like their freedoms are impinged or, you know, don't know what to do with themselves at home and are, are, are watching deadening TV and they feel kind of empty. You know, it, that is a challenge to your existential self too. Like how will you make it? Um, do you need the distraction? How do you, how do you make life a bit less deadening inside the house um yeah you know uh, for i think for people who are introverts maybe it's a little bit easier because we kind of know how to spend time mm -hmm. alone for extroverts it could be really hard it's such a balance too between what is just deadening yourself and what is giving yourself space to rest what is i mean i've been watching a lot of tv and some of it i've I've loved like the I rewatched this the new Twin Peaks and I was like this is a world that I f I learn a lot from when I live in it but then I yes. also watched some Sex in the City and had to just stop that one was so clearly bad for me <laughs> <laughs> like I was like this is hurt hurting me to watch yeah yeah no I've I've only been um I've only been um renting movies on online. And like uh, films that are, you know, really great. But I did watch a ton of Sasha Bar Baron Cohen on, <laughs> at about four in the morning. <laughs> but it's not all bad. On YouTube. <laughs> but that, but did that, Very fun. But that's what Very I mean about funny. where's the line between when it feeds you? I think it really depends on how you feel. Yeah. You know, I think I, I was talking to a friend um, who's just not, not feeling great because they're just watching a lot of kind of garbagey TV that's not making him feel well. Yeah. You know, so I think it's all really up upon, uh, on the individual. There could be some people just are loving watching this stuff and feel really happy just yeah. watching stuff. But I think it really depends on, you know, what you feel inside. And to have the space, like, we live in a culture where it's, it's we're not really given granted that space to think and feel and readjust and go, what are my, what do I, who am I? What do I think? What do I want? Who, what, what feels good? What makes me happy? What makes me sad? What makes me angry? Like, um, because we're not afforded or we don't afford those things because we are, what happens when you have FOMO? There's no FOMO anywhere. The fear of missing out. I know. Everyone's missing out. So fear of dot, dot, dot. What is the fear of dot, dot, dot. I've had a lot of friends tell me that they don't know what they want and that that's the scariest thing. Yeah, I mean, I remember feeling that when I was like 12. I was like, oh my God, what are my opinions? I have no opinions. I better go get some opinions. But I think creating that space, even though it is uncomfortable, is, is nurturing. It's an act of nurturing. And maybe when we get out of this thing, or we have to adjust to the new normal, maybe we'll be a little bit more in touch with ourselves. I don't know. I hope so. That's, I that's the hope. Well, there we go. That's the hope. That's what this podcast is supposed to be about. Yeah, <laughs> we did it. Um, Sikin, is there anywhere you want people to like follow your work? 
Um, well, I really, I, you know, I enjoy posting on social media. Yeah. Um, and so I'm always, um, you know, I, I, I feel like it's an act of creativity, just like, um, posting a picture or a thought or a poem or what have you. So I'm on Instagram. Yeah. Um, Sukin Lee, all one word, S-O-O-K-Y-I-N-L-E-E. -E -E. I had to throw in a third E there because the one with two E's was already taken. So secondly, um, on Instagram and also you can find me on, uh, Facebook and Twitter as well. Cool. Um, I want to just talk to you for like hours and hours and hours, but <laughs> well, that'll have to wait for another time. Um, but thank you so much for chatting with me now. Yeah, the, that was been great. We'll 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 you know we'll do the the offline online video chat as we have done. Oh yeah, we will. Um, and also, and um, that, oh yeah, yeah, what? Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I came into this interview. I'm not feeling very well. I've had like cramps and headaches and stuff. Yeah, and um, it made me feel better. Well, I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm really really glad. Um, you know. I have noticed, and one thing that I have noticed in the last couple of years going through challenging moments is sometimes when we can just cycle the words out of our heads and just feel yeah, uh, and um, try to drain any kind of like thoughts or words that kind of ignite the fire of pain in our, in our beings and just, you know, try to live in a kind of wordless moment of relaxation that really helps. Although this has been all entirely, we've communicated to each other through words. So the words are important. So I'm kind of amazed and happy that you feel better, even though we are communicating. Maybe there's that's the psychic part of it too. This is the part that goes beyond our bodies. Yeah. We words had a psychic are there. connection. Yeah. And the other things there too. Yeah, for sure. Like, I hope your body feels better. It does. <laughs> I I hope I'm so excited to see your movie whenever I get to see it. Yeah, I I mean it's very exciting process and I was I was sort of uh, we've been kind of torn do we we post it as we go and yeah. I kind of think it'd be nicer to like actually f finish it the whole thing and like make it make it all make it all as a as a final piece and then share it with the world. I 100% think you're making the right choice. You think so? Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, Becky. Take care of yourself and, and I'll speak with you soon. Okay. I love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. The H Word Podcast is happy to be part of the Shop family of productions. Follow the shop on Instagram at the underscore shop to artwork this week by Anyan Lamb and our theme music is always by Laura Barrett. For information on all our artists and guests, please follow us everywhere at the H Word Pod or sign up for our newsletter at thehwordpod.com. <laughs> <laughs>